CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live with the NASDAQ market set on this summer Friday. The guys are getting ready behind me. While they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show. This is Brian Stutland, and he has a way to get long shares of Pepsi for less than two bucks. Plus, as media companies scramble to compete with Netflix, one company is quietly kicking everyone's you-know-what. WWE, and the Chartmaster says, beware, a body slam is coming. We'll tell you how to cash in. And check out the yield curve, because it's flat as a pancake and hurting financials. Except for one. Mike Coe's got the trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And we start with that yield curve, making like an EKG from an old episode of ER flatlining this year. In fact, it is the flattest in more than a decade today. Why does this matter? It's a fancy way of saying business stinks for the banks right now, and maybe that's why financials continue to go lower. But the chart master says he has found one safe space in the financials, so let's get straight to him over at the plasma. Carter, what are you looking at? So I want to focus on American Express. But what we know is, of course, financials have been the dream with industrials, and they've been... Uh, a real uh, misfortune for anyone who's been long or overweight. I don't think that's going to end. Amex may be a place to uh, do better. So what we have here, I just wanted to, uh, something happened that's only happened uh, five times in the history of the S&P 500 financial sector, down five, um, five months in a row. Now, here's this month. It's barely started, so disregard that. But basically, we're talking about one, two, three, four, five. How infrequent has that happened? What is, the, what is the outcome going forward? Five months down, there's your arrow, there's your number, now let's look at the data. This circumstance has happened five other times in the history of the data going back to 1989. And what happened thereafter when this circumstance has happened? And what happened thereafter was more of the same. Financials, one week later, down. Two weeks later, down. Three weeks later, down. The odds, now they're not always down, but this is an average, yes, but the odds of it being down are pretty high. Um, it's a bad area of the market. I think at that point, at this point, that's very clear. Um, what to do, maybe something like this. If you have to be in financials, what we know, of course, is that you've had a good response to this trend line repeatedly, repeatedly, and we're here again. But I think another way to draw the lines is as follows. Same chart on the top, but the bottom is relative performance to its peer group, meaning the selection one could make relative to others. And what you have here is two things. You have something of a cup and handle on the relative, and you also have a well-defined top from which a prospective breakout relative and a bounce off the line absolute. I think this is... Uh, a very important stock, obviously, and it's a stock that I want to be in in an area that's not good. Finally, just look at what, what's going on here. This is the entire financial sector. It's on the neckline. It's bad. Amex, not the case. Amex looks like it's, in fact, going to break out and go higher. I think this is a place to be if you need to be in a financial stock. 
Mike, how are you trading Amex? Yeah, you know, American Express was a company, one of the reasons it might be catch, doing outperforming financials right now is because they had a period of underperformance, some management missteps maybe when they lost the JetBlue affiliation, they lost the Costco affiliation. And let's not forget that, you know, when we think about payment processing, it's not necessarily all going to be about credit cards in the future, especially if we look in places like China. The thing that does work, though, fundamentally for this company is earnings. And that's what's going to be coming up on the 18th. They're going to be reporting earnings. This thing is trading at just under 13 times forward earnings, so the company is relatively cheap. My inclination, because options premiums are slightly elevated, as they typically are going into a catalyst like earnings, is to use a call spread risk reversal to make a modestly bullish bet here. Specifically, I was looking at the July 94, 99, 104 call spread risk reversal. Selling the 94 puts, I could collect 60 cents for those. Spending $2 on the July 99 calls and then selling the 104 calls against it for 40 cents. Net, net, that entire structure cost me $1. The stock is trading just about that lower strike right now. We're expecting options premiums to come in immediately following those earnings, which are going to be two days before the expiration of these options. And I think that's a way that we can capture about a 4% upside in a relatively short period of time and essentially be insulated to some degree against maybe a 5% downside move if that's the way the stock goes. What do you think of the trade? Well, this is why I love option trading, because I don't particularly love American Express. It falls in our quant model, somewhere in between in the middle road of everything. But here's a bet here that Mike is making where he's selling options, selling wing options, selling the downside put, also selling the upside call against the one call he bought. So he's not outlaying a lot of capital here. And all you need is a little bit of appreciation to the upside, and, and then boom, you know, the trade pays off. So here's a stock that's outperforming the rest of the financials in a sector that's not doing so well. And here's sort of a bet that sort of limits the capital outlay, and you can still play the upside a little bit. So I like to trade in that sense. Yeah, I mean, the, the critical thing here also is I wouldn't necessarily compare them with all the rest of the financial space. I don't think you would either. No, it's its, its own thing. Obviously, the comps would be Capital One or mm -hmm. Discover. But American Express is different than those two companies. And it's now, is it risk free? No, on the financial crisis low is a $12 stock, right? I mean, it got pummeled too. But I think in this current environment, it's holding up well for reasons that are important, especially given the rate. Well, American Express depends very heavily on upper income right. spenders, right? So in a period of economic boom, when there is a lot of spending in that particular group, one of the things you're definitely going to get is relative outperformance by AXP, and we have been certainly seeing that. They get better margins and better rates, and obviously they got a favorable ruling, which we just saw this week, which also is, is presumably a little bit helpful. If you, those of you who don't know, the idea was that retailers were not going to be able to provide certain kinds of incentives right. so that they could discourage the use of American Express, which typically charges more. So I think at this point, you know, that was obviously a favorable ruling. We've got earnings. They're probably going to speak favorably about it. And it's backstopped by a relatively cheap valuation. Last word, Brian. Well, look, you know, I said you got to be careful in some of the financials. And one way I'm playing financials is sticking with names that are pro-business, like in American Express. The credit card business is an area you want to be in. I also like the insurance companies in a sector part of the financials. The straight-out banks I'm worried about. We've seen a lot of bearish option activity in the last couple of days in names like Morgan Stanley, some of the bigger bank names. So sticking away from that, sticking with an American Express here, I like that trade, Mike. All right. Well, if you're looking for a hot trade, maybe check out your cupboard. You have staple stocks like Kellogg, Cisco, McCormick, Church and Dwight at more than 20% from their recent lows. Some of those names making all-time highs. You can add Pepsi to that mix, which reports earnings next week. It is up more than 14% from its low. And Brian here is taking the uh, Pepsi challenge. Brian. Well, I'm going to keep it simple with Pepsi, as Pepsi keeps it so somewhat simple here, too. And the earnings are coming up next week. 
I want to just simply buy a call, and this is an at-the-money call expiring. It's a weekly option. It's expiring next Friday, so this is either going to pay off or not due to the earnings play here. And I'm buying the 110 call expiring next week. I'm only paying $1.20 for this. So above 111.20, I'll have the, all the upside potential in the stock here. Below there, I'm only risking the $1.20 for that option here. So in this sense, I'm risking a little bit to hopefully make and participate in the upside here and play it that way. Is this the way you would play Pepsi? You know, it's interesting. So oftentimes going into earnings, we talk very frequently about our desire to try to sell some options to offset those elevated premiums. Pepsi, on average, the week of earnings moves about 2.2%. What are options implying? A move of about 2.2%, which actually means that options are reasonably fairly priced. You're not overpaying to make that bet. And one of the things we did see today was some bullish activity going into earnings, expiring next week. I know you saw this activity. We were actually talking about it before the show. We saw the weekly 113 calls trading. Those averaged about 32 cents. So let's just say that we're expecting the stock to move about that much, okay? That means that essentially a win pays you two to one if it gets to those levels. So I think it's actually a reasonable bet if you want to make a bet into earnings on Pepsi. What do you make of this breakout in Staples well, in so general? What it is, right, again, I think it's not specific to the company. You can overlay that Pepsi ricochet. I mean, it's literally a V. You can put the IYR on there for REITs. You could put XLU on there. It's a money flow issue, and that's what really moves stocks at the end of the day. Yes, idiosyncratic moves. If you get FDA approval, you're going to go up or down if you miss. But this is a group move. It has nothing to do with is Pepsi. Is a group move, does it still have more to I think move? it does. It does. And we actually did see, and, and speaking to that group move, we saw actually a lot of bullish activity in XLU, the utility ETF. We saw some of that in the Staples ETF as well earlier this week. So to your point, I think that this is more of a broader issue than a single stock story. And, and the reason why I like using a call in this situation, too, is a couple things. One, Mike talked about the uh, option call activity to the upside that seems to be in play right now. Two, this stock has made a nice 10% or more move off the bottoms here. And so when you have that momentum back to the upside, call it for whatever reason, a, a lower interest rate environment that people are playing these nice safety stocks or whatever, I like replacing my stock, using a call, limit something that a call option is basically priced at fair value like Mike talked about, and continue to play for the upside. That way I reduce some of the risk of being long all the stock that I was off that bounce on the bottom here. And I like playing it with just a short-dated call option. All right. Well, for everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our super cool newsletter. This week's edition has a picture of Mike on a motorbike for real. If that isn't enough to sign up, I don't know what is. In the meantime, here's what's coming up next. Shares of WWE are a bona fide hit, but the Chartmaster says beware the body slam. We'll tell you how to cash in. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket. Grab your phone and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. We all know the FANG names are trading near all-time highs, but there's another group of stocks that you know of but may not know are quietly surging. Let's get to a man we all know and love, Dom Chu in the newsroom. Hey, Dom. 
<laughs> well, Melissa, I'm not sure many folks outside of our CNBC circle of trust know me, but it is nice to be loved. And some traders and investors have been loving the price action in some pretty well-known brand names, at least if they were long the stocks. So let's kick off our look at some of these brand names with a beer, maybe a Sam Adams Boston Lager or a Sam Summer Ale. Those shares of Boston Beer Company, they're up a whopping 59% just so far in 2018. If you're snapping up those vacation photos this season, maybe you're using Shutterfly to turn them into albums or postcards or other types of gifts. The bulls here have pushed that stock higher by 80% so far this year. And then there's a real home run, like World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, which is higher and higher thanks in part to getting top dollar for its broadcast rights to some of its top shows. It's up 150% in 2018. And we're going to cap it off with a look at watch slash wallet slash handbags slash every kind of fashion accessory you can think of company, and that's Fossil, on an absolute tear up 265% just so far year to date. One thing, though, worth noting, Melissa, each of those stocks has relatively high short interest, so that could very well be part of that bull run story as some traders try to buy to close out those bets against those shares. Back over to you. All right. Thank you very much, Dom Chu. And uh, the chart master says uh, one of these stocks run is done. So, Carter, what are you looking at? Look at uh, WWE. It's off the top rope, uh, quite something. But here, to put it in perspective, the number one and number two best performing stocks in the S&P 500 over the past uh, 12 months, while WWE is up 270%. Uh, percent. Let me show you a two, three-year chart just to put these three names in perspective. So basically, plus or minus, all three up 300%. You can see the actual numbers here, 300, 299, 307. But the trajectory, and, and what's key is that, see, WWE plays this huge catch-up, right? It's, it's done that. Now, let's zero in on the chart itself. But first, look at that. It's a 10-bagger to the S&P 500, right? That's what winners are all about, finding something. That's the dream that beats the bench handily. Let's go to the chart itself. All right, this is back to 04. I just want to compare this current run with this current run. And right, take those lines away, take a look at this. And what we have is how far above the 100-day moving average. Again, how far above? And is it reasonable to think that you're going to get a check back? So take a look at the next chart. This is exactly 90 weeks. This is exactly 90 weeks. This one's even a little bit more than that one. And guess what? It just got an upgrade this week. It's had the news that we know in terms of lucrative TV deals. So what's next? It has to maybe grow into those things. I think if you have these kind of gains, it takes some profits, maybe right options. It gets to do something. Smackdown, Mike, what's your trade? You know what I'm wrestling with? How is it going to grow into it? Okay, this is a name that's growing revenues at, you know, mid to high single digits. That's very respectable. It's growing EPS at mid to high single digits. Again, that's very respectable. But it's trading at almost 70 times forward earnings. Netflix is growing revenues at 30 to 40 percent. It's seeing EPS growth of 100 to 200 percent. So you can understand that move a whole lot better. Something else I don't understand is the price of options. The price of options in world wrestling right now are about 30 percent above their average. So wow. I think the way we want to make this play right here is to buy the August 75, 65 put spread. 
When I was looking at this earlier today, you could buy those 75 puts for $3.60, sell the 65s against it for $1. That's a net debit of $2.60, just a little over a quarter of the difference between those strikes, or about 10 bucks. This will capture earnings, which they are going to report the week after July expiration, which is the reason I'm looking out to August. Otherwise, you have to go much farther out. I can't really get my arms around the stock. It does have a 16% short interest, which might be what Dom was alluding to and might be what has propelled it this far, but uh, I certainly wouldn't want to bet that it's going to go any further. You like this trade? Well, to Carter's point, do something right here, right? Because the stock has had such a huge run is the right answer. I actually like this stock a lot. On our quant model rankings, it's 9 out of 10 for us. The enterprise value to, to sales ratio is actually relatively cheap versus some of these other cheap. peers we've talked to. So what to. would your trade well, no, be? Not cheap, but relative to some of these other names that Carter right. mentioned here. So what would your trade be? So I would stay long the stock, but I love Mike's trade in the sense of buying a put spread to hedge yourself here. The uh -huh. stock has had such a big move here, that, and, and Mike makes a point about the value of options being so high. A put spread is cheap right here. It's a great way to hedge the right model, now. The model, and everyone's got models, and I'm sure yours is robust. Just since I don't know. A nine <laughs> ranking for that. By Comparison, what is like a Netflix rank or an Amazon? Do they get as high a ranking? Well, well, when you talk about some of those names, too, you have to be a little bit worried that the growth will continue with some of those names. Obviously, WWE has had such a huge run-up. You worry a little bit also with there. So some of these get out of whack once you reach these lofty levels yeah. that the stocks have. And to that point, that's why I love buying the put spread as a hedger, because there are some concerns, like you talk about here. There are concerns yeah. whether the stock can continue to move like this. But when we've seen decent growth and relatively versus some of the other peers, that, that enterprise-to-sales ratio I think it can still seven, perform at 7x here. sales. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, that's <laughs> been the play on a lot of stocks this year. When you look at those huge growth names, Netflix, you mentioned already, up huge. So I, I think it continues. All right. Up next, got an options question for one of the traders? I know you do. So send us a tweet to add options action. If it's a good one, we'll answer it later on in the show. And let's get a check on our Kramer cam as we had to break. Uh, we're not the only ones talking Pepsi tonight. The madman talking, taking the Pepsi challenge and discussing how it could set the tone for next earnings season. That is at the top of the hour. We are live at the NASDAQ market side. Much more OA coming up. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Just last week, Mike said shares of Tesla were heading for a crash. The stock has a very big short interest. That short interest can actually create a possible level of downside support. You could spend about $21 to buy one August 330 put. You could then sell two of the 295 puts against it for $10.5 each. And Mike was right. Tesla's sinking nearly 12% since the time of the trade. So what are you doing with the trade right now, Mike? Well, right now I'm staying with it. Because we sold two puts, what has happened actually is essentially nothing to that spread. We actually need time to work with us right here. If the stock finishes somewhere below that 330 level, this will be a profitable trade as long as it stays above 265. And that's really what we're targeting. Right now, we're kind of in the sweet spot. We just need a little bit of time to pass so we can see the value of those two 295 puts we sold continue to erode. What would you do, Brian? 
Well, I think when you look at some of the technicals on the charts, it does feel like it's maybe going to hold this level and sit around here. So to Mike's point, wait for some time to work for you. I like doing that as well here. I think that will eventually pay off and get you some of that decay and options that occurs as you sit around that short strike that you're short here. So certainly I think you got to let it work a little bit here at least and then maybe decide right before earnings whether you want to continue on with this or not. Also last week, Dan said Morgan Stanley was gearing up for more pain ahead. If you look at the one-year chart, I think there's room back to the 44 level. That is the 52-week low. But maybe it finds some support. You could buy the July 48, 44 put spread, paying $1.10 for that. Well, shares of the big bank are down more than 2% since the time of the trade. As you may have noticed, Stan is not here today. But fear not, we were able to catch up with him all the way out in London, England, for a special update on the trade. Hey, Options Action viewers, it's Dan from London. Last week on the show, we detailed a put spread of Morgan Stanley when the stock was just below 48. It was the July 48-44 put spread. At this point, with the stock just below 47, that put spread is worth a little more than $1.65 uh, for almost a 50-cent profit. I think at this point, you stay with this trade. You're keeping an eye out towards earnings in a couple weeks. Have a good weekend. Isn't it amazing God Save the Queen plays all the time amazing. everywhere in London? I mean, it's, just, it's incredible. Um, by the way, we'll see Dan next week back here on the desk. Carter, what do you, what do you mean, think? It's an unmitigated disaster, right? I mean, you're talking about a stock that's down 22% from its peak, and this is an environment. It's just the market beta trade. The market is struggling of late. Morgan Stanley is just a beta trade on that. Couldn't come to life. Something's wrong. All right. Up next, we got your tweets and the final call from the options pits. Welcome back. Time to take your tweets. Our first fan asks, Mike, why buy a debit spread on WWE if implied volatility is expensive? Short a credit spread instead? That's a good question. That's a uh, great question, actually. And there's really two reasons why we did this. One thing, we did put on a spread, so we are obviously trying to mitigate some of that higher implied volatility that we're seeing. The other is this stock is really, really moving. And selling a call spread on a stock that's basically on a rocket ship to the moon is a pretty dangerous exercise in a high short interest stock. All right, time now for the final call. Last word from the options pits. Brian. Pepsi earnings next week. I'm replacing stock with buying an at-the-money weekly call. Mike. Put spreads WWE. Carter. American Express, 98.52 close. I think it's going higher, and it could be big. Thank you, Brian, for joining us on Options Action today. Looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. Check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.